With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus podcast. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us today, whether that be on YouTube, Spotify, Google or Apple podcasts. To never miss any of the action, please check out bluesfocus.co.uk. You'll find all the links to our content on there. Uh, I'm Tom Oxlund from the Blues Focus podcast. I'm joined by fellow Blues Focus podcast member Tom Garrett to help provide some extra information today. And our special guest is former Blues Loney, Rob Keenan. How are you, Rob? Thank you, guys. Yeah, there's some pleasure to be here. Thank you for your, for your time as well. So, um, first for greetings from uh, sunny California. It's a little bit earlier than you guys, but we are on 12 minutes past 8 a.m., so a little bit behind you guys. So, uh, Nice one. Pleasure having you on, mate. So I'll jump I'll jump right into it, really. Um, so obviously you began your career in football at Watford and came through the academy there. I suppose just how did you how did you get into football firstly and how did the opportunity to join the Watford youth set up come about? Um, listen, probably like every other young boy in, in the country, I was playing for uh, just a Sunday league team. Um, I got scouted at six years old and at the time at Watford there was only an under nines team there wasn't anything younger than that so um, started going training um, they signed me after probably about a week or so I think it was I think I did two sessions um, but big thanks to my dad actually because he was the one who pushed me in and he was very very big on using both feet from an early age so you know from as long as, as I can remember it was all about Doing, if I do it on my right, I've got to do it on my left. And, you know, he'd even take me up the park once and I'd only wear one boot. And he'd be like, well, you're only using your left foot there. You know, just to drill it into me. So um, props go to him, mate, because I wouldn't be sitting here, you know, without him. If that's, that's a big fact. Um, so they went through the academy at Watford, uh, went through every age group, uh, signed professional at 15, got a contract under my belt and then made my debut, I think, at about 17 with Brendan Rodgers against Crystal Palace. It was a cup game. I came on for probably six minutes at right back and they scored after one minute of being in the pitch. So at that point, uh, the anxiety, <laughs> I just, I didn't even want the ball and uh, it was just see the game out. We ended up winning 4-3 and then uh, and that was that. Well, at least you won in the end. Um, no, that's yeah. a great story about your dad. I think, um, you know, it's always nice to hear stuff like that. I mean, I remember when uh, I was a young kid and my dad had take me out to because I always wanted to be a goalkeeper so mm. um, you know he'd take me out and he's like if you can dive on one side you have to dive on the other sort of thing so no no I love that um, so obviously during your 11 year period at Watford you had four different loan spells at Kilmarnock Yeovil Bradford and uh, Wickham I suppose out of those four loan spells which one particularly helped kickstart your career and kind of settle you a bit to be honest, boys, like I was so young, I was never going to play in the first team. And like every other boy, they get they they playing all these reserve games, all that sort of stuff. It was it was never going to do anything for your development. And I'm I'm very big on that. And I believe that you need to go into an environment where you're getting challenged against you know men and being yeah. in a stadium environment as well. Um, so I used to knock on a gaffer's door every week. I said, listen, you know, let me go here, let me go here, let me go here. And at times I was just going places for a month. 
I was just like, well, if I'm going to go and get three games or four games, like I've got four games, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I went to Kilmarnock as a skinny, I think I was about 17, 18 year old kid. And I was playing against, you know, big strikers like Kevin Kyle. And, you know, those boys were just swatting me around like a little stick insect, mate. So actually it was a good, good experience living in Scotland on my own. Or, you know, I left home at 16 years old and that was it. I'd never returned. And, um, it was just it was just a case of trying to get exposure to that first team environment, and then he ended up made, I ended up playing against Celtic. Um, I ended up playing against Robbie Keane on his debut for Celtic, and we actually won the game. So I couldn't believe it. Um, the funny story there as well was that um, I was on the bench. I come on for about half an hour, I think it was at the end, and um, I'd only been training for a week. I didn't know the players' names. I didn't know anyone. Um, and uh, the gaffer called me over and said, "Listen, can you play right back?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I can play right back." I've done that loads of times. I've never played that in my life. <laughs> and, um, I remember kind of against Marco Fortune, who I later on played with at Wigan and I laughed about. And um, after the game, he was like, Yeah, your positioning went great. And I was like, Yeah, I'll be honest, Gaff, I've never played that in my life, but I was just itching to get on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up finding me, he found me like 500 quid for Lanzi. Flipping heck. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I think, I think that's, the, that, that's the thing, though, sometimes. Yeah, I think it's something we all wonder. And, you know, you watch games and, and you see players, you know, asked to play in different because I mean, like someone like Jordan Anderson's been doing it at the minute, hasn't he, for Liverpool? Mm. And I always think, what's that like? You know, is that obviously you say there's something, you know, that you jump straight the chance, whether it's, you know, if you have to play right back, you just play yeah, right back. To be honest, boys, like now, if you ask me to play right back, I'd think, nah. When you're just itching to get on the pitch and be a footballer and just experience, you know, that, that feeling, like you're going to do anything. But like boys like that at the top, mate, they're. They're so good, mate. They read the game so well. They've got so much knowledge. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, they've got good players around them. So it's not as if you're going to get exposed. Um, but listen, that's why they're the top boys. And, you know, I'm not. So that's, you know, simple. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, then, uh, obviously, in 2011, like you said, yeah, you eventually went to Wigan. Um, then further loan spells followed. Uh, but in 2014, you eventually broke into the Wigan first team after your loan at Southend was cut short due to injuries at Wigan and um, scored your first career league goal against Leicester. And you even featured in the playoff semi-final against eventual winners QPR. I suppose just what were those experiences like for you? Like, uh... You know what? Southend was a great, great, great place for me at that point. Um, I, was at, I was actually living back home in, in the area that I was from. I was travelling in, but it was... It was it was nice to be back down south, and then um, I was just playing every week. Like I was just and like I was playing against like you know your Akin Fenwars and your, your big horrible centre forwards that were just like, well, this is you know completely alien to me. But what I, what did happen is that I learned how to do that ugly stuff because I was I was deemed to be a you know a pretty centre back that was nice and comfortable on the ball, but you know can he do the ugly stuff? And I'll be honest with you, I couldn't do it at the start. Um, and then I had to go and just be horrible. Like, and they said to me, listen, don't worry about trying to play the ball out. Don't try worry about trying to take it down and do this and do that. Because, you know, I've, I've modelled myself on having a bit of composure. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be just head and kick it. Um, so I went and learned that kind of stuff. And then I went back to Wigan and I ended up playing against Troy Deeney in my first game and against Watford and my old team. And it was like, I can actually do this. Like, yeah, Troy is a big, big boy. Like, he's a great, great player. Like, he's, he was even better than, so he's even better now than what he was, obviously, when I played against him. But, you know, he was not he was not an easy pushover. And, you know, I managed to just deal with that kind of ugly stuff. And then my kind of football stuff actually was easier because I was playing with better players and the ball was actually on the ground a bit. And, you know, it actually helped me sort of really get that foundation at, at South End. Um, so, yeah, I owe, I owe that to South End, actually, as a, in terms of looking back now. It was, yeah, it was where I needed to be at the time. And uh, this is my advice to any young centre-backs, just go, and, just go and play in those horrible games. Like, just go and be horrible. And then let your your technique come out after and, and you know when you can when you go and do those horrible games the rest is actually a bit easier because it's actually football as opposed to headball I call it in the, you know <laughs> yeah that's that's brilliant um especially you know Troy big blues fan as well um I think many blues fans including us too really have always wanted Troy to come and sign for us but I don't I don't think it'll ever happen but yeah no to to do that against your former club in your first game back that's that's brilliant. Like, um, I suppose just, yeah, what was it like scoring your first professional goal? Um, yeah, it was amazing. Mate. I remember it quite well, actually. I remember <clears throat> Uwe Rosler, he, he, he fancied me to be quite good in the air. At, at age, I was, I, was, I was quite, you know, I, was, I wasn't really worried about much. If I go and break my nose, I break my nose. I don't really care. Like, I just wanted to play. 
So I was, I was actually marking like Wes Morgan, who's a big boy as well. Anyway, I managed to just get in front of him and just nicked a little header. Um, I think it actually come off my head and then glanced off my shoulder a little bit. So it kind of helped me. Yeah. Um, but mate, it was just a case of, look, I'm just going to go and attack the ball to see what happens. And then uh, luckily it, it goes in, mate. So um, it was a great feeling. My mum and dad were actually in the stadium as well. So like they never really got to see me much play. But it was just a random weekend. They had a bit of time off work and... Um, it's just good timing. <laughs> yeah, just one of those weekends, mate, where everything goes well, you know. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And then um just you know, what was what was those the playoff semi-final like? Um that was an amazing experience because obviously then everyone's kind of taking note, like you're in you're playing against you played against QPR twice and uh, I felt good at that age. I felt strong, fit, I was you know, I was I was really enjoying my football. Um didn't obviously get through. James McLean went around the keeper, hit hit the post from like a yard out, I was fuming. Because <laughs> um, uh, the week before we actually were, you know, the projector was up and we were, you know, on for like, you know, great team bonus. And we talked about going here and there if we got promoted. And obviously, as a young boy, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's let's have it. <laughs> um, so we go there. We we I can't remember the first game. I think I think we made Drew the first game. Or I can't remember. And then the second one. Um, but they had a good team. They had a good team. They had you know the likes yeah. of the Moro. They had Joey Barton playing Crenshaw. Crenshaw sent me for. A, Sent me to the shop, mate, with a nice little Cruyff turn on the edge of the box. But he, was, he was silly anyway. He was silly when he came to Rangers. He was silly. Um, but yeah, it was just a good feeling, man. It was just like I was playing. Um, it's funny because a funny story. Funny story about that one is that we played QPR at Loftus Road, um, and we actually were just staying down the road. I think it was like in Brentford. I think it was just like a little hotel. Anyway, we were so late for the game, mate. There was so much traffic. So yeah. um, as a young player, mate, I was just like. I used to uh, I used to get cramp quite a lot because I used to, I think it was a nerves ball or anything so I was like I need to get a rub like on my hamstrings and that because I'm gonna get cramp and uh, we didn't have any time you know, I was just like we didn't have literally got off the bus literally lad you got five minutes but I couldn't even get my ankle strapped to nothing flipping heck <laughs> so I'm playing and that and like I've got no cramp like from that moment there I'm like oh I don't need to get a rub now so like from then on never got rubbed anymore because like you know it was all in my head. Um, so yeah, just funny little stories like that, mate. Like looking back, it's, it, was, it was a great experience, mate. And QPR went on to, to do the magic, and you know I spoke to like Clint and and uh, and Joey when they came up to Rangers, and you know they remember those those days well. And and actually Joey Barton, mate, that was the first encounter I had with him, and he um he came into the change rooms after, shook all our hands, wished us all the best, and I just thought from that day, like it's just like top top boy, you know, like everyone's got that sort of persona around him, but he's he is a top top boy. Proper professional. Yeah, proper boy, like proper real, real, real winner, you know, like it's got that real attitude that it's just, it's just, I think you're born with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, that's a great insight. I think I, I, when I, when I watch sort of things like this, I like little snippets like that. Just, they, they're yeah. always very interesting. I don't know about you, Tom, like I just. Yeah, I mean, as you were just saying about Jerry Bart, and then I think something you often hear is the bad things, you know, he's done on uh, off the pitch. And, you know, I think there's a few times probably where, you know, he hasn't helped himself. But I think, you know, it's things like that. It, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? You know, is it sometimes just the media out to get everyone? Because, as you say, then I think I've seen him in a few instances where I thought, you know, he's, he seems like a good bloke. I think I've seen him on Soccer AM a few times and that. And yeah. I think, you know, I think, again, we all know that what the media tends to do to players nowadays, don't we? Yeah, yeah that's a big thing taken from from being a little bit of spotlight throughout my career, mate. And especially up in Scotland, it was really exposed. Like, it's, yeah, it's a different media up there. It's completely different. It's not the same tabloids. But listen, yeah. when you know when you know someone and you get to know someone and you work with someone every day, like listen, he's a, he's a top top boy, top boy. I suppose just on that media subject quickly, um, I, I read into your career at Rangers, and I know you got a lot of stick for the Scottish Cup final. Mm. Um, I suppose what was it like dealing with the media after that? Well, to be honest with you, the boys, like, as soon as I went up to Rangers, uh, I, I hadn't I even I haven't even put on a shirt yet, and I was getting death threats from, you know, the RA, and I'm getting this and that because my family's Catholic, so I'm Irish. My dad's Irish, right? Um, yeah. You know, I have a I have a, a Virgin Mary tattoo on my arm because of my, you know, my nan who passed away that was on a bedside table. So things like that, you know, it's, it's that's my heritage. That's my I can't I can't do anything about that. That's the way I was born. You know, I played for Ireland up to under 21s, and then when I stepped into the country of Scotland and playing for the the wrong team on paper, you know, I was already up against it, you know, and I was, yeah. um, I got burgled twice, you know, I was getting in scraps and that outside the club because just because of my name, really. Um, so I was always up against the uphill battle and I didn't really realise the magnitude of that when I, when I stepped in. Um, and then listen, yeah, I, I took stick. Um, you know, we played a, we played an expansive style of football under Mark Auburn, Um and anyone that's seen Mark's style, it's, 
you know, I love it. I'm not sitting in and sort of making excuses. I love that. But, you know, we're a team that was, if we're going to concede three, well, we'll score four. You know, that was the kind of mindset. Yeah. And at times, boys, you get, you get, you get, um, you get exposure at the back. And that's, that's facts. Um, and listen, I made mistakes. Of course I did. Everyone makes mistakes. But, um, you know, obviously when those mistakes happen, it was, it was, uh, it, was it was an easy target, I suppose, for me, because it was, you know, I'm already, you know, the black sheep, if you like, out of the herd. And, um, you know, I'm a centre back. You know, you make mistakes. You often concede goals as a keeper as well. So yeah, listen, I took stick. Um, there were great times at Rangers. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And there was amazing fans and there was amazing people around me. But obviously, you get you know people with a, few. You know, a, bit, more, a bit more of an agenda as well. Like you know, yeah. listen, yeah, listen, my heritage is what my heritage is. You know, I'm proud to be Irish. I'm proud. I'm proud of that. So it's not. I'm never gonna you know shy away from that. Do you kind of learn how to, you know, sort of block that out when you go onto the pitch there? I mean, and obviously, you know, you said then we've getting uh, burgled and stuff like that. I mean, that, that's got to play a, you know, like a part of when you go into training yeah, or on the match days. Or... There, was, there was times where it's like, it's difficult because, you know, like you, you and, this, and this is the one thing I say to the young boys now, stay away from all your phones and all the, all the Twitter and all that bullshit because yeah. everyone's an expert. Everyone's got their opinion. But listen, they don't see the real stuff. They don't know what's yeah. going on behind the scenes. They don't know... You know, when your house is getting burgled and you're, you know, up at four a.m. in the morning, and you've got a game in front of fifty-five thousand, it's, it's, it's not as easy as everyone thinks. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you're checking your shoulder sometimes as well because you think, you know, I've been out and I've been out and having dinners and nightclubs and whatever else, and you know, I've, you know, I'm getting into stuff with boys and that I don't even know them, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not, I'm not a pushover, but I'm not saying that I'm, you know, Conor McGregor in any sort. But you know, Dom's gonna give me a stick and just stand there and take it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a boy, just like everyone else. Like, yeah, it is what it is. You know? Yeah, no, I, it's horrible that sometimes in football those things happen because uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a game. It should never be more than a game. Um, but uh, the fact, the fact that you have to look over your shoulder like that, I suppose, must be horrible. I, couldn't mm. do that and I suppose it is some of the rivalries up in Scotland are still quite old fashioned massively you've got to remember as well boys that Glasgow is just, there's two teams in Glasgow and this is no disrespect to anyone in Scotland but like football is the be all and end all like there's not really much yeah. else on offer there yeah uh, say for example you move to London there's so much going on in London it's like you know even if you saw Ozil walking down the street like yeah he might get a bit yeah. of, you know but it's like there's there's musicians there's artists there's you know, there's actors. This, this London's just a whole different city, whereas Scotland's and Glasgow itself is very football-focused and it's like a bubble. It's got their own media. It's got Celtic yeah. Rangers and that's it. So it's a completely different um, environment to be in. Um, and if you're not from there, mate, if you don't really know it, it's, it's a bit of a shock at times, you know? Like, it's... You know, when it's going well, it's amazing. You know, when we got promoted and we won this, won, you know, won that, like, it was great. You know, you're going out for dinners and, you know, restaurant owners are taking care of it, or you know, you're doing this and doing that. You're deemed to be, you know, we beat Celtic after like four years or whatever, and you're, you know, people are coming up for pictures and doing da, 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 and then you lose next week, and you're, you know, you're an Irish scumbag. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, you know, do this, do that. You know, like it's just like, you know, I've got to take it with a pinch of salt, but at the same time, it's like you you don't get this in any other job, you know, and, yeah. and you can't really get prepared for that. Um, so do, you find that, do you find that something easier as you get older as well, though? Yeah, yeah. Now, like, yeah, now, boys, if I was there, it was just, just it's whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. when you're like, when you're that so engulfed in it and you can't really see anything other than that, like, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Definitely a fair play to you for being that headstrong. I don't, I don't, if I, if I was a Russian, no, I mate. Be quite good. <laughs> it's so, just like, um, imagine you going to work, for example, like, Tom, like you're a barber, is that correct? You're a barber, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine every haircut you do, you, every haircut you get is in the media. Or it's being scrutinised, or someone's got an opinion. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, mate, I couldn't, I, I couldn't deal yeah. with it. Boys waiting outside your, or your barbershop trying to fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. or trying to rob your yeah. house, or trying to yeah. scratch your car, or you know what I mean? Like, I'll be honest, mate. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't. If that was the case, I wouldn't even get to work. It's like you say, <laughs> and me, I think I'd just roll over, and that'd be it. We'll do some haircuts uh, 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 from home or something. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's mental, to be honest. Um, but um, yeah, obviously, after your time at, uh, well, I suppose late on towards your time at Wigan, and uh, after that uh, playoff season, you uh, second half of the season after you had your loan move to Blues. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah. Just how, how did that move come about? Yeah, so we had a new manager, Malcolm McCarr, who had at Watford, and we didn't really get on too much. Um, I wasn't really the style of player, like I said earlier. I, I kind of wanted to be the centre-back that could play on the ball a little bit and he just didn't want that at all. 
And I said, listen, Lalaki, like, I'd love to go and play. Like, I've been playing every game for Wigan. Obviously, you've come in. You know, I'm not your player. That's cool. And then um, there was loads of trouble with it because you know, Wigan at the time was struggling. And I went I went then to go to Birmingham. We ended up finished, like, 10th in the table. And then Wigan was struggling. that week. So it was all a bit of a nightmare. Um, at the time, my friend Callum Manaman just signed for West Brom. So we were actually living in an apartment together. Oh, uh, the club actually got me an apartment. No, um, but... Me and Carl, you know, ended up just meeting up, and uh, our friend Wardy moved in as well. We were a little, uh, little trio in Birmingham, mate. Um, it was a great, it was a great time. But, um, but I loved the Blues. I absolutely loved the Blues. The setup was great. The training ground was great. The boys were good as gold. I loved Gary Rowett. I had him at Burton, and the style of play he was just sitting and we'll count on them. And it for me, it was like I'm not getting exposed. So as opposed to Rangers, where you're getting exposed, Gary's a complete different. Like, he plays like Leicester do, and then when they sit in, they sit yeah. in, make stuff. You know, I had Morrison next to me. He was a, he was a great player, mate, great leader. Um, we just sat in. We were hard to beat. And then we had, like, Damari and we had Cottrell. We had Donaldson. They were just going to run ragged. You know, so it was a good team. Um, and I felt like I did add something to that team at the time. You know, I was, I was playing well. Um, I loved it. Um, at the time, they offered me a contract to go and sign for the next season. Um, so this is how it went down. I uh, I had a phone call in Vegas. I was in Vegas for my holiday. My friend's stag doing that, and um, Mark Warburton rang me. He was like, "Listen, um, I know you, you know you're keen on going to sign for Birmingham, but I'm getting the Rangers job. I'd love you to come." Um, didn't really think much of it, and there was nothing, no talks of it. I was like, "Oh yeah, good one." Like, you know, it's what it is. I need to look after myself. To be honest, I'm not waiting. So I got back from holiday, done all the medicals at Birmingham, went up to the Spire Hospital, wherever it was, done all the. MRIs and the heart scan, you name it, done it. And um, went back, we were going to sign the next day. And then the, as the next, that morning, it got announced that Mark Warburton got the job. So I'm on the way to go and sign for Birmingham. Like, I'm in the car. And he calls me and he's like, listen, I've got the job. Like, I want you to be my first signing. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm 30 minutes away from the training ground. Like, my, I've already like, you know, I've already looking at house that I was about to rent in Birmingham and like, I've shut myself up. And, uh, I was in the I was in the car with an old man and he just said I said like, what do you want to do I said I said I love Birmingham like, I'm in the championship I'm playing I know I'll play you know it's close to home but you know Rangers is a massive club Dad like I might yeah. never get a chance to play for that sort of club again um, and I just I just had to sit down we sat in the service station for like 20 minutes like literally had to make a decision in 20 minutes um, I just thought the, the potential of going to that club and, and, you know, playing in front of that stadium and, like, the history behind it, mate, I just, I had to go. And, obviously, Mike Warburton had me at Watford and I've known him for 20 years, whatever it might be now. So, I, I made that decision. Um, I, rang, I I spoke to uh, the club and I said, listen, guys, uh, Birmingham, this is us. I spoke to Gary and I said, listen, you know, all due respect, like, thank you so much for everything you've offered me. Um, but I've got an opportunity and I just want to go and take it. You know, it's going to be a big challenge. And looking back now, people ask me, what do you think you should have done? And I said, I could look at both ways. I could have gone played for Birmingham. I could have gone done well. Could have got another championship move, and you know, you know, whatever, or got you know into a team that you know maybe got promoted. I don't know. Whatever it could have been, like I don't know. Yeah. Or I go to Rangers, and you know, if things went well. Things didn't go so well. You know, but I think looking back on it, I think it was the right decision at the time um, because I believed in myself, um, and it was an amazing experience going there. Um, but Birmingham was was an incredible place as well. Don't get me wrong, like, I loved it. Like, got nothing but respect for them. Um, Loved the, loved, the, loved the team, loved the boys, loved the manager at the time. I really like Gary. Like, I think he's a great manager. Gets a lot out of his players. Um, it's just I got the opportunity, boys, and it was like, it's, it's kind of like once in a lifetime, you know. Do you go? Go for it. Or do you, you know, go somewhere where, you know, yeah. you're going to play and be loved. But, you know, yeah. I went for it. I just, you know, it was a decision I made and I, I had to go for it, you know. Well, yeah, hindsight, I think, anyway, you know, like you say, you just don't know. Yeah, you could look at it one way and think this could happen, look at it another way and, I think, you know, with what you just said, I think God probably be the same. Looking back now, you know, you've got a chance to go to Rangers, like you say, massive club, massive history. Um, you know, I, I think, I'd, you know, looking back on your career, it'd be nice to say you, you'd have done that rather than just staying here. I think, wouldn't it? So, I, you know, I don't, don't blame you at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, from my point of view, if I wasn't a Blues fan and I was in your position, I'd have probably done the same thing because, you know, <laughs> essentially you could be a part of, a, a big club that's on the rebuild and you could be a part of that rebuild and uh, yeah, I'd and, and it was great like the first season you know we got promoted I think within like six weeks prior to the season you know one cup yeah. then we played we beat oh, we beat uh, Selwick in the first time in like four years um, 
and it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. Like it was an amazing experience, but um, it was just like, there's a lot that goes with it uh, as well as just playing football. You know, it's like, there is yeah, a lot that goes on. And, and I don't think people down in the UK really grasp that unless you're up there in that environment. And the English boys will tell you that they've gone up there. They'll tell you the same thing. Like it's, a lot more intense than what people think. And you, you know, you're constantly getting scrutinised constantly. Yeah, I, I, was go, I suppose you can say um, that move to Rangers must have done a lot for your mental health. And obviously you've taken it the right way and become stronger, I suppose, after it. Uh, Tom, aside from this, does a mental health podcast. Uh, so, you know, he's, he looks into a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, but no, that, the fact that you've come out, I suppose, stronger after that experience must be helpful just for yeah and listen you've got to remember like you got to remember like my mum and dad come up to the first um uh, old firm at Celtics at Celtics place and um you know there's boys getting stabbed outside the ground there's 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 a there's a there's a dummy that's being hung um from the terraces and there's like it's just madness that's going on like there's literally like you know we're getting off the bus and you know they're, they're pelting spitting at you and like throwing chewing gum at you and like it's it is mad. It is mad. And the intensity of that roar when you walk out to that old firm, mate, is like something you've never seen before. Like you can't, you can't hear your centre-back partner. Like I'm, you know, shouting, you know, directing, you know, organising that. And like people can't hear you. And they're not ignoring you. It's just like 60,000 screaming. You know, constant. You know? So like, yeah, the build up to it, you know, we're getting police, ex- police escorted to the games. Like it's just, it's just a different world up there, man. Like, and people don't really recognise it and, and go and see it. And, Scottish football doesn't get as much recognition as it probably does because it's a lot, it's a lot. You've got to remember, when you play for Celtic and Rangers, it's everyone's cup final. Like, they want to beat you. Like, because it's their chance to impress them, potential scouts or whoever it is. Like, if I can do well against Rangers, then great. So, people park the bus. So, Rangers are expected to go and beat these teams four, five, six nil. You know, that's literally what the fans expect. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you put 11 boys behind the team. Uh, sorry, 11 boys behind the ball. Like, it's tough. You've got to have boys that do magic to go and score a goal. Now, we're trying to just penetrate, penetrate, penetrate. Boys get tired after 60, 70 minutes. We get countered. We're so exposed. And these teams are literally drilling themselves all week to sit in, sit in, sit in, try and nick a set piece, try and nick a counter. You know, so like, you've got to remember, you're not playing like a normal game as well. With all the pressure of the fans, these teams that are just sitting in the park in the bus trying to get that, you know, one little bit of a mistake or exposure. It's, it's it's not as easy as what people think. I'm telling you, like it's not as easy. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, obviously, you look at Celtic at the moment; they're on an awful run. Um, yeah, lost to Saint Mirren, I think, the other day. Um, it's it's little teams like that. I can imagine that you get the most stick over, kind of Saint Mirren, yeah. Hamilton, Ross County, because <clears throat> the the club size, you know, between Celtic and Rangers compared to the rest of the league, really. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like Premier, it's Premier League versus like League Two, League One. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally. Is that um, so? Yeah, there's a big, there's a big gap, mate. There's a big gap. Yeah, that's that's mental. I suppose I was going to ask you, like, what was it to like to play under Gary Rowett? But I suppose you've already. Really oh yeah, top, that. top, top, top boy. I had, him, I had him at Burton, and he was brilliant for me. I like his style. It's easier as a centre back to play those condensed formations where you're just sitting in, and your midfielders do a lot of work for you. So it's good for me. Yeah. Um, but listen, I love, I loved him. Like, I think he's a great manager. I like the way he speaks. I like his respect levels he's got to his players. He treats people like normal humans, and it's big. It's a big thing. Yeah, oh, I, I suppose. Um, obviously, on your time at Blues, uh, I'd probably say your best moment has to be um, scoring the equaliser against Wolves in the two-one Derby Day victory. I suppose yeah. what was that atmosphere like, and what was scoring that goal like for you? Yeah, it was. Listen, I think I, I think it was a corner. I think it was a bit scruffy, wasn't it? I just managed to. Yeah. Nip it in. Um, it I, actually scored, I scored against Derby, right? And um, it came. It wasn't counted to me. It was actually Donaldson, but it actually came off my head. So I was fuming. I didn't get that one. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a as a striker, I think he gave me like hundred quid. Said, "Listen, make sure you say it." I was like, "Alright." Um, <laughs> but now it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Listen, it was my first taste of that sort of Derby atmosphere. But boys, like I can't. And this is no disrespect to, to, to Birmingham or Wolves, but like mm. that's a rivalry, yeah. But like it's Rangers Celtic, times <laughs> times hundred thousand or whatever. It's a better <laughs> rivalry. I, I'm actually at the minute, guys. I'm filing for my green card, right? And what what happens is you have to create, you know, like a file for kind of what you've been through in your career, and you know. And I was just doing a bit of research, and that that old firm game had a hundred million views. You know, so like, hundred million views. You think how many people that is? You know? Yeah, it's a lot of people. 
Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's a worldwide game, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, listen, it was an amazing game, don't get me wrong, and to score was great. Um, but it's just, I just try and really try and put it in comparison. Yeah. Like, up there, uh, it's, it's this different world, man. It's a different world. I mean, at, the, at that time, we were only really kind of, the club was only kind of kick-starting again. I don't know if you remember, Tom. But yeah, like, no, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd come out of such a rough couple of years and a lot of fans had kind of come and gone. Um, but this, it, under Gary, we were starting to bring the fans slowly back in. You know, numbers were going up. Atmospheres were getting better. But it's, it's a shame. I mean, if you did stay at Blues, you know, that next season, we did play Villa away. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Playing honestly, the difference between when we play Wolves or West Brom compared to when we play Villa, it's yeah, yeah. the difference. Is yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's not, it's still not quite old firm, but it, it's brutal. I mean, you probably saw what happened to Jack Grealish last time yeah, we played. He's running on, punching him up, and that, yeah, yeah, that was mental. I mean, the, the thing, like, the thing that you don't get that, like, listen, no one comes into your barber shop and punches you, then just you know, like, no, 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 you gotta remember, this is like, you know, we're humans, like, we are humans, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and for me, like, someone punches me, I'm scrapping, like, it's, it is what it is, like, it's a man v man right now, like, it's not footballer and a, a normal person. And this is what people got to understand as well, like, yes, we are footballers, and yes, like, we are supposed to act in a certain way, but like. And in the day, I'm a man. Like you're a man. Like I'm not gonna come up to you and punch you and expect us to get away with it. Like if you punch me, I'm gonna punch you up. Like it's, it's simple. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like I'm oh I'm a footballer. I can't do that. Like it's it's men versus men. And yes, like we have to act a certain way, but we are humans. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I'd I'd be the same if I was a footballer. You 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 wouldn't stand there or just just take it because it is it's not on. Um, well, it's, it's it's like I mean, it sort of links in with you know at the minute I was reading yesterday about was it Rashford again and uh, there was another sorry, I can't remember who the other player wasn't and, and, you know I, so, sorry mate what did you say? Zabie, I think it was yeah that was it sorry yeah yeah um, and you know I just think you know like we you know we keep putting all these adverts on and stuff like that and you know it's great but you know what what's it doing because it's still happening and I think you know as you said I think for the well being of people and, and and the future you know the future generation I think you know this. These people have just got to be, you know, single. I know they are starting to get singled out, but you know, I, I personally think more's got to be done to it. You know, just keyboard warriors. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think I've seen something on my friends, Marvin Sordo. He does a lot in the in the PFA and stuff. I think they've just issued like fines to Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, all the social media platforms. If they're because they're now going to be held responsible. So yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but they need. Yeah, listen, it's, at least it's a start. At least it's something that's you know being implemented. And like I said, listen, it's. It's just, there's just no words for it, mate. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if it is, unfortunately, like, not that we've accepted that you're going to get stick in, in, your, in our job role, but it's like, it's just part and parcel of it now. Like, and unfortunately, yeah. for the dads, dads are getting racially, you know, discriminated against and, and racially abused, mate. It's, it's not, I, I just can't get my head around it. You know, I still can't yeah. get my head around it, but, you know, at least there's, at least there's something now that's putting put in place for them, you know, and I hope it, I hope it can just, you know, carries on and I hope they'll get looked after better, you know. Definitely, yeah. Um, I suppose moving on from that and just lastly touching on Blues, uh, which player stood out for you while you took Damari Gray, mate. Damari Gray was silky, yeah. mate. <laughs> I remember doing one-on-one stuff with him and I was thinking, God, he's going to put me into the ground. <laughs> but uh, I said to the boy, I said to the boys, like a few of the older lads and that, like different clubs and that, I said, listen, there's a player here, man. He's going to be a player. I said, he runs like Ronaldo. Like he runs and moves. Like, I don't know if you boys yeah. have heard this, but the way he moves and step overs and even that like top top, top knuckle ball strike he's got, yeah, like he's got some mad technique and he's like honestly, I, I, he's silky man, he's silky. I just seen he's gone somewhere, huh? Is he, is he going to? My Leverkusen. Oh, yeah, okay. I seen that yesterday. Surprised me to be honest. I thought I thought he would have stayed in England, but it's like you say, I think as you said before, you know, a lot of these younger players now they just want to be playing football, don't they? Wherever it is, yeah. and a lot are going over to Germany. To be fair, aren't they? Yeah, he is a he was a crazy talent, mate. He was a crazy talent. I think we get a 20% sell on from that, but I doubt it'll be much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, helps, mate. All helps. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially at this time, anyway. Um, I suppose one one other question on Blues, actually. Who who would you say was your best mate in the changing room, just always at the club in general? Um, well, it was weird because Paul Robinson's actually from Watford and I'm from Watford, so we got on really well. And he obviously he was a you know sort of father figure in that in that changing room. He was top bloke. Yeah, top bloke, mate. Um, David Davis was a good lad. He, he looked after me a little bit, just a few little, you know, things around the city and stuff. Um, uh, Mick Morrison was a nice lad. Yeah, really good. 
really good professional. Um, the big, the big guy. What was the big guy? The big striker. What was his name? I can't remember. Ziggic. Yeah, Ziggic. Yeah. <laughs> he was a character, mate. He was funny. <laughs> yeah. And I listen, listen, lads. They were all top boys, and uh, I played with Clayton at um, Brentford as well. So he was a nice face to have around. Um, just a good change room, mate. Good change room. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Oh, everybody loves uh, Big Zig, really. Uh, you won't find many Blues yeah, fans that don't like uh, Ziggich. <laughs> but obviously, um, I mean, we just done a podcast with former Blues manager Lee Clark. Um, oh. Yeah, and he, he spoke about uh, how much of a character Ziggich was. And, like, you know, he'd, he'd always brag about how much he was earning, but do it in the nicest way possible. And, like, <laughs> uh, he'd, he'd buy people beers all the time and whatnot. He just, yeah, he sounds like a quality guy, and uh, obviously he's lovely. You need them, you need characters, mate. Look, look, to be honest with you, because of the media and, and the way the world is now, you can't have a personality. And it, like the game, the game's like full of robots, man. Like it's, like, you got, you got to have opinions and that. And everyone just scrutinizes you. So like, boys have a lot of opinions and stuff, but we just don't, we just don't bother putting it out there anymore. Like it's just like we keep it between ourselves and like, because you no, know, listen, I'm, I'm actually. All the, like just for example, like Pogba and that. Listen, I'm I'm not a fan of him doing dances and all that stuff and like you know, but like at the end of the day, he's a he's a, he's a human. Like let him have his little bit of a character. Like let him let him do what he wants to do. Like, let him have a personality. Yeah. You know, like and then oh, he's not doing well because he's too busy doing TikTok dances or whatever he's doing. But like that's his that's his personality. Like it, you know, there's timing for it in my opinion. Like don't be putting it on on Instagram before a game all that kind of stuff. But like. Mm. Just a character in general, mate. Like it just seems to like you've got to be a footballer, and that's it. You can't do anything outside of football. You know why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You know. And in the day, like you can't put us in a box, man. We're just like you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I, I get that completely. Um, obviously, there, there's right and wrong times to do things. I think the biggest example of stuff like that is probably Paul Pogba these days for criticism on that sort of level because you know you could post something on social media and it could be before a game and you'd hear it. Right, well, let me tell you this. Then. Yeah, let me tell you this. So I went out for dinner after beating Hibs, like, three weeks prior to playing another game, the Scottish uh, media published a picture of, or, or a report of me and Wares and whoever it was. We went for dinner, didn't even go out, had a drink at the bar, and that's it. Went home. Like, literally, you're in bed for, like, half 10, 11. They published it three weeks later after we lost. Rangers boys out night before game. Like, that's you know, Just bullshit, man. It's just bullshit. Do anything for the story, though, won't they? So, um, no, it's, it's a shame that that's... That's the world we live in, really. Um, but yeah, no, obviously, is, like, yeah. we've, like we've touched upon uh, quite a lot already, you know, after Blues, you went on to Rangers. Um, just I, obviously, I think looking at it, you've probably made most of your career appearances at Rangers. Um, so I suppose yeah, it probably, yeah. despite some experience, ranks highly in uh, in your regard, especially in your career. So just, uh, I suppose, what was lot like the time? Yeah, it's looking for it now. And even even now, like even being here in America, like when new people sort of ask you, you know, where's your career been and where is it, you know, where's it, where's your most enjoyable times? And actually, the club that I'm at now, Orange County Soccer Club, it's um got a partnership with Rangers now, so we having like we have staff come over, we have loan players from Rangers come in, so it's a good partnership they've got. And you know, being a part of that club, it just it, it's an amazing memory and it's an amazing experience. And I didn't really realize how much big of a club it is when you're there. It's, it's even now, like you know, even people just you know have a chat like how much time at Rangers and that these are. No, no, not being cringy, but I don't know these people. They're just kind of people that kind of seen what you've done. And if you're affiliated to that club, it's like, you know, it's like, I really want to talk about it. You know, and it's great. It's great to be a to be a memory. And it was it was just like I said, it was an experience. It was an experience, not just in football, but in life. And um, you know, now I've got I've actually got a young player here. He's actually going over to Rangers, and um, he's signing for them. And I just said to him like. I can't prepare you for this, but I'm going to tell you everything and try and guide you and try and help you because I can't really give you the magnitude until you're there, but I'm yeah. trying to help him and just give him a head start, you know? I suppose you need to, especially with what you've been through. I don't think there's there's many out there better to hear from, really. Um, yeah. From my point the of horse's view. horse's mouth, you know? Yeah, so, um, no, yeah, I, I wish all the best to what's that. It, what's, it, um, what's it like over... What, what's it like over there then in, in you know playing in America? I know you play in the is it the USL you play in? Yeah, so we're not the MLS, yeah. we're below that. So um the issue yeah. in the MLS guys is that there's three foreign spots, right? So yeah. imagine you've got three foreign spots, um, and ultimately they want to go for the big names, big strikers, really. You know, if you look at your Zlatans and you know, whoever, yeah, yeah. Rooney, so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those boys obviously have weight. So for me to go, I would my, my dream was to go and play in the MLS. I thought, you know, I think 
you know, I, I could play in the MLS uh, quite comfortably, but they don't really want a centre back, mate. It's not really in their in their, yeah. in their interest. So the USL um, is a, is a great league. It's growing. It's probably the equivalent of probably League Two to League One uh, in terms yeah. of um, the player caliber. Yeah. Um, and there's some really good young talent. Like you've seen, there's loads of Americans now over in Europe and they're doing really well. So you can, yeah. the market here is actually, you know, it's rife. Um, so the, the the hardest thing though is the, is the heat. So you'll go to Texas, yeah. you'll go to um, Vegas. There's no air and it's like 110 uh, Fahrenheit, which is what, I don't know, like ridiculous 40 or whatever it is. So like imagine playing yeah. with no air in that heat and it's like, Guys, I can't even breathe, well, let alone run. I, I, I remember going over, I think I went over in uh, Washington, D.C. last year. It was in August, and it, I think it was about the same. You know, it's about equivalent of about 42, 43 degrees. And, you know, you walk outside, and all you want to do is walk back inside. You just want to be air in the aircon, huh? <laughs> it's like, if you could play in, indoors with aircon, you'd probably be all right when you Yeah, so that's the thing you've got to remember as well. Like, so for us foreign boys coming over, it takes a little while to climatise. Um, now I think yeah. I'm fine, like, it's cool now. But, yeah, it's, it's different. Uh, the level of football... Um, the boys, it's not like League One, League Two, where boys are just crashing it. It's, it's actually everyone tries to play, everyone's trying to play out and, and play the right way. Um, so it's actually quite nice. Um, yeah. style of football, um, it's just the weather's hard, man. And then, like, you've got members well, like, I'll travel somewhere that's like three hours ahead, so like, I'll get off the plane, it might be like my body clock says it's six o'clock in the afternoon or six p.m., it's actually nine, you know what I mean? So, like, and you wake up, you got to wake up three hours earlier than what you, you know, what I mean? So, like, there's time, yeah. burn, there's heat, you know. It's just, it's just different. It's just tough. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, like when you say you was at Rangers though and you was having like, you know, a lot of people, you know, noticing you and stuff. Have you found it easier being over there yeah, yeah, in that sense? That Definitely. Like, yeah. You've got to remember soccer's like, it's growing. Don't Four, it's feet, growing. Yeah. But it's like, you, go, you know, you've got your, you know, your, your top boys are your NFL boys, uh, your basketball yeah. players, your ice hockey's. Um, you know, soccer's, soccer's growing, mate. It is growing, but it's not, it's nowhere near the level. And yeah, you don't get that public eye, yeah. It's, which is nice. I I I like it. Yeah. A bit more calm, chilled. Uh, <clears throat> I think you know, you see big players like Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, even Zlatan. But Zlatan's decided to continue, obviously. But you know, they they go to the MLS as these big signings just to kind of see out that kind of last period of their career because mm. it's just a bit calmer and you can enjoy the game a bit more. I think um, that's how I see it. From uh, yeah, for sure. Listen, and, and obviously those boys, they they you know they're incredible talents, and that's why they're the best in the world. But don't get me wrong; it's not like from what I've kind of gathered and what I've kind of feel, feel like. I think that the MLS aren't here for just to be a retirement home. Like, it's not that yeah. anymore. Like, I think I think uh, those kind of days are gone. It's not that anymore because uh, these boys are fit and strong, and they're athletes. I'm telling you, they are. Athletes. It's like um. I remember watching um, Jack Harrison play for NYCFC, you know, in a friendly, I think it was, when I was in New York. And, you know, I never, now. I'll be honest, I'd, never, ever would I have thought he would be playing in the Premier League. You know, I think that was when he was about 18, 19. But, you know, you think that the leaps and better, I mean, obviously when Lampard went over there, it probably helped him out a lot. Players like that, uh, Perlo, you know, that, that type of player. But, you know, you look at where he's now and what he's doing for Leeds. And I think what you've just said proves that, doesn't it? It's not just a league now where you go at the end of your career. No, it's, it's not, honestly, boys, it's not. And, you know, I've got people belling up my phone every week, like, oh, can you get me out here, can you get me out here? I'm like, listen, boys, like, even in my league, there's foreign spots and, you know, they're trying to convert a conveyor belt of players as well to take to Europe. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's, I'm telling you, there's good players here, I'm telling you. They just need to be in that professional environment, like, uh, you know, where they're getting the best of the best training and, and, and yeah. you know, like, we train every day, we train every day, you know, we've got good facilities, we've got, you know, gyms and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, we're, it's, it's not far off, I'm telling you, it's not far off. Yeah. yeah, and obviously nowadays, <clears throat> you in particular, you see a lot of scholarships for America and USL teams, all sorts. So I, there, there's a clear agenda there to try and breed talent over there. And obviously with the whole three foreign player things, they're trying to produce homegrown talent, which I think is really impressive. And obviously it is getting more. Kind of just kind of just touches on to where I'm at at the minute, guys. So I've, I've got an academy here um, and I... Uh, I I have a very good cluster of players, and I've, I'm sending one to to Denmark on trial. Um, so I do a bit. We do a bit of work for for European clubs as well. So if there's players here that we like the look of, and we think potentially they might have a bit of a chance, then you know we can do that conveyor belt. Um, so yeah, it's it's like I said, like I'm 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 in the thick of it. I'm playing, and I'm sort of doing the other side of it as well. So I'm I'm sort of seeing it, you know, from both angles. And, and there's there's talent. Trust me, there is talent. 
Yeah, how must that feel, like, bringing young players through that I suppose you feel responsible for? Like, they, you must feel yeah. proud, really. Yeah, I mean, so we work closely with them. So we have our academy training here. We have, you know, very, very good coaches that, you know, work privately with these players as well as, you know, small groups. And ultimately, it's our reputation as well. So I can't send someone over there that I don't feel is adequate because ultimately not, that lets me, makes me down. Um, but we see them first time. We see them in the flesh and we know, like, you know, I can see if someone's got, you know, that ability or that, you know, even and even just the mindset. The mindset's the biggest thing for me. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's great and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, obviously, my focus is playing and, and doing that. But alongside it, you know, like every footballer, you have a lot of hours in the day to do stuff. You know, everyone thinks you should just be a footballer and do this and that. But, you know, like you finish training at 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock. You know, I've, you know, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, I want to learn. I want to develop. I want to grow as a person. I want to, you know, create something alongside just playing. So that's what I'm kind of doing. Yeah, I suppose um, <clears throat> just last couple of questions, really. Like, I suppose, what was it like from the transition from South End to Orange County? Um <laughs> <laughs> paradise, paradise. That's what it is. <laughs> I wake up every day. Say, we, we 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 can only look and see that on the movies, really. But I can imagine <laughs> that it's a nice place to live. Yeah. Do you know what, boys? Like, do you know what? Like, you wake up to that sun every morning. It just puts you in a completely different mind frame, and everyone's yeah. attitude. Just you know, everyone's happy. Everyone's vibrant. Everyone's got so energy. positive. Everyone's so positive. It's like it's a different world. Like, I get up and I wake up. You know, days off. I go surfing. I go and sit on the beach. Yeah. I go. You know, like it's it's a different way of living here. It's a different way of living. Um, That's amazing. And I won't I won't ever be coming back to the UK. Put it that way. <laughs> um, I suppose oh, that, that was my next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose that brings me on to sort of like after Orange County because I've, I've looked at your stats and you know you're playing regularly for them. I think. You yeah, know. I played every game last year. You know, I'm captain here, but they do like a couple of captains here. They do it like just to rotate it. Yeah, um, and my future will be here. You know, my future's here, and I've, you know, I've got years left ahead of me. You know, I'm physically very, very conditioned. I look after myself. Um, so yeah, listen, it will just be a case of helping this club grow. Um, I'd like to see it, you know, go strength to strength. I'd like to see it create more players. Um, I think the the infrastructure here is obviously having a core of you know six, seven players who are good experience, good knowledge, good, you know, they've got boys that have played in top leagues. We've actually just signed a lad who was at Madrid and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, boys that have played in high leagues um, around the world. You know, my centre-back partner, he's played for the US national team in World Cups. He's played in Mexico for a massive club. So, yeah. and then just around that, build build players to, to come take to Europe eventually, you know, and, and try and be that, you know, feeder club. Definitely. I suppose on what Tom was going to say about, you know, coming back to the UK, I was going to ask you, like, obviously... After football, you've got plenty of years ahead of you yet, but after football, what would you want to do? Would you want to go into coaching over there? Yeah, so, yeah I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll be going to, to what I'm kind of doing on the side now, full time. Um, there'll be sort of a lot of a lot of scope there and, you know, that'll be kind of my transition out. I, I was a footballer, you know, I think I think every footballer will tell you, you get very worried about their anxiety and the and the feeling of, you know, that transition, like, what am I going to do next? Because we don't have the education behind us like a lot of boys do, um, you know, especially here. They, 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 they carry on their college and they finish off their, their schooling, which is great. We don't have that. So being somewhere where I can see um, myself, you know, in the future, is, is a, it's a comforting feeling, you know. It's, it's not like, oh, what am I going to do next? You know, when I was injured, I went through my injury period. You know, I went and got a, a mortgage-broken licence. I went, went to the city and, and got something because I thought, you know, with my knees at the time, I thought I'd have to retire. And I was so scared that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, where am I going to earn money? You know, I've been earn, I've been used yeah. to earning a certain amount of money for X amount of years, and if that stops, I've still got free mortgages I've got to pay for. I've still got to pay for this, pay for that. Like, I'm I'm shitting myself, you know. Yeah. So, you know, footballers, you know, they need to really, really, you know, focus on, you know, what's next because it's, you know, I remember being 16 years old leaving home and it felt like yesterday, you know. So got to have that in your back pocket you know that's the biggest thing I say and listen if you're smart with your money and you invest well and da, 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 then, then great and the top boys they don't need to worry but boys that aren't you know people like me you know listen, I, I had a great career a championship and you know I, could, I earned good money like I've I done well but it's just like it doesn't last forever and mm. you know that certain lifestyle that you're maybe accustomed to a little bit listen I was never flashy and anything like that but you know it's nice to be able to you know look after your parents or you know do this do that and like when that you know, it doesn't you know? I can't do that now. It's different. It's a different stage of my life. You know, so um, having that something that you can walk into is a nice feeling. I think. 
Definitely. And I think, <clears throat> obviously, it's great for you to already be kind of in that coaching setup. So, you know, it looks like there's a clear path for you to go on even after your career and going in, into coaching and helping Orange County. And obviously, it sounds like things are going really well for you over there. Yeah, so, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I put a lot of effort into it and I, you know, I'm very, very, uh, you know, I'm very driven. Uh, I think that's. I think that's. I think you'll find with a lot of footballers, they're very driven. They have to be. You know, you go through those experiences. You can't sit down and just let things just bypass you. You've got to go out and do it. And I think one thing that football has taught me is to be going, you know, be that hungry animal and go and make things work for yourself. You know, so hopefully, whatever you take that into your next industry or your next chapter, you know, I think you're, you know, you're, you're wired up correctly. You know, definitely. Um, honestly, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast yeah. and what an insight it's been into football in general, not just Blues. And I think a lot of people will be interested to watch this. I'm yeah. certainly going to watch it again myself. But uh, honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on and thank you for joining us, Rob. Uh, no, 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 no. I was uh, going to ask one little favour, guys. So in the next, just just for my, for my you know, academy here, I've got a little training video coming out for my sort of pre-season. It's been, you know, uh, kind of a bit of a weird time here. We've had about two, three, four months off. So I've just created a little video and I'm just trying to for my, you know, just trying to create a bit of exposure. So perhaps you could just share that on your story for me. Just yeah, it's perfectly fine, yeah. mate. Um, yeah. Just send that over to us. We'll get it on our socials and uh, spread the word, really. Um, All right, listen, thanks so much. I hope uh, lockdown, you know, is not too tedious for you boys. And um, it's... Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.